You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. First of all, you are a miserable fucking excuse for an NFL team when the Browns put up 49 points on you. And this is for you, Cowboy fans. Y'all are pathetic. Okay? Fucking losers. I'm going to go on record saying that. Cowboy fans are fucking losers. And Jerry Jones could stand to get COVID too. Now, Nigga, I didn't even realize you hit record. <laughs> definitely, re- definitely recording. Well, welcome to the Ratchet Ramblers podcast. Who in the fuck? <laughs> It's one thing to lose to the Browns. It's a whole nother thing to let the Browns put up half a football field on you. Mm. Half a football field. Well. 49 points. Stink. We ain't even got that many presidents. Pathetic. Also, let me make this clear. I could go on record saying it. Won't nobody whoop my ass about it. If ever I have to sell my soul and my integrity for Flawless Noises Media Network and any of his shows to thrive, it will never happen. I will demolish this network before I become a yes boss, no boss ass bitch. Um... I feel like that was good enough for a show title. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to ever be no step and fetch it for success. Okay? Mm. Um, fuck Ava DuVernay and everybody that love her. Mm. I don't care how many good uh, docuseries she made, how many mediocre to bleh movies she has directed or produced. I don't give a fuck. What I will tell you is you sat up, wished health and wealth on the same motherfucker who spent money out of his pocket on multiple full page ads to ruin the lives of the Central Park Five. Wished Mm. that they would get the death penalty. If he had his way, they would be on death row as we speak. You made a docuseries about the way the legal system and white America ruined the lives of five children. They were not even adults when this shit happened. Five children. And he refused to apologize for it when called out on it. He refused. Bitch, you are weak. Mm. And to sit up and talk about why well, I was raised better than a wish death on nobody. Nobody asked you to do shit. We had, you could have shut the fuck up. Nobody Ma. asked you to wish death on that man. No, Literally nobody has asked anybody 
to wish death on Donald Trump. But these fucking weird ass well wishes from people who he wants to see dead and in a ditch. Liberals. It, weak. Let me, Ava let DuVernay, me, you weak. You, let, me, you, let, let me say something. Let me say something. Um, I didn't know that uh, she was getting dragged um, for this, but I think I just find it funny how just not not even a week ago, less than a week, Ava literally said, and before somebody, I mean, well, ain't nobody going to beat my ass like my friend said, so good to hell up with that. But Ava literally said, to black people. She didn't even like sugarcoat it. She was specifically talking to black people. She literally said, we deserve fascism if we do not vote Trump out. That's what she literally with her own goddamn mouth said. And she turned right back around and wished this the same motherfucker well. How you condemn and say black people deserve fascism if we don't vote this bitch out, then turn around and wish the same bitch well is beyond me. Like, the call is coming from inside the house. And this is the problem with liberal leaning people in general is the problem with like the black elite you can't be mean nice like you mean nice with trump but you mean as fuck with people that look like you help me understand because that was essentially condemning black people to death like if black people don't vote trump out we deserve fascism you're condemning people to death and the thing is the part that's really frustrating to me this is the, the, the issue I have with voter die black people. Speak on it. We are the minority in this fucking country. I always have been. We alone cannot determine who gets in and out of office. Never have, never will. Black people alone did cannot have put Hillary Clinton in office. Black Niggas people alone cannot put Joe Biden in office. White people voted against their own best fucking interests. And for the last four fucking years, y'all have been making it a black thing. Fucking Barack Obama come alive from the shade room, bitch. Never mind. Fucking. Mm. Mm. Fucking white women accounted for anywhere from 53 to 63% of the votes that Donald Trump amassed in that fucking election. White men, even though nobody wants to hold them accountable or spit or spit nothing out 70% or better of white men voted for Donald Trump. Yell at them, leave niggas alone. The niggas who wanted to vote, voted, and did what the fuck they were supposed to do. Leave, them, was, leave us there, the fuck alone. There was a very real reason why you did not see Hillary Clinton going after white male votes. Because she it. knew that they would vote with Trump. 
she did not, nor did the rest of this country, even though black people knew. Black, let me tell you something. Black people ain't trusted white women for a long fucking time. We've been new what them bitches was about. They only play victim. Those bitches are as bad as white men. We knew. Been new. Emmett Till told us. All the all the Emmett Till like situations told us. Emmett Till wasn't the only black man that was killed because a white woman wanted some black dick and then lied about it. We been new. Hillary Clinton got the shock of her fucking life when white women voted against her and everything that she stood for was in their best interest. Because the bitch was wearing them Lori Lightfoot suits and white women didn't like that. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> so. Speaking of Lori Lightfoot, I look. Shout out to Lori Lightfoot for dressing like fucking Barnacle Boy. Oh, God. I know her goddamn Steve Harvey is. <laughs> her straps stank, and you're not gonna convince me otherwise. Like she one of them old school studs who got a little body odor. Um, kind of mm-hmm. smelled like pneumonia. Yeah. Um, but Ava DuVernay, fuck you for real, and anybody for her, fuck you. Because let me tell you something. Keep showing us your hand. Keep showing us how you change and evolve when you get a little fame or you get a blue check or you get to rub elbows with some big names and you start to prioritize class over community. Show us that so we can pull our support. Please, please do us all a favor. I appreciate it. Like my friend liked to say, y'all like to go from cuz to coon very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we gonna start. We gonna add uh, class <laughs> over community to that. When y'all start prioritizing class over community, show that show that to us so we can pull our support. Hey, real talk. We need to make that a shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. As a matter of fact, and um, speaking of shirts, um, we have a breast cancer awareness month T-shirt campaign for Bree. If you go to the Flawless Noises Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Click on the link. You can order a T-shirt. The proceeds go to helping her pay for treatment and any other needs as fighting cancer is a financial succubus. Um, but yeah, when y'all start going from, from community to, to prioritizing class, let us know. Let us know so we can pull our support. Yeah. And I ain't going to get much messier than that because I could. <laughs> this ain't backwoods burn book. But we might have to go on and take it there in the special edition. You know, honestly, because I told my friend. I got like, a lot I, of shit. I got a lot of yeah, shit to say. Jeremy yeah. was saying, um, due to the pandemic, a lot of the shows never came back. Chasing Atlanta and those other shows that were really good and fucking messy and brought a lot of entertainment and joy to Backwoods Burn Book. Um, and he was thinking about laying Triple B down. Um, we and might also, not. I just wasn't in the headspace to be. He wasn't in the headspace. However, um, however, we, we may not lay it down for good, but we definitely may do it on a special episode basis. Yes, I yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, we may do it on a special episode because I, <laughs> I, I, I do mm, mm. have some messy shit to say. Mm. Um, 
And I'm <laughs> friend, we're gonna talk about that off air because you know. Hey. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. welcome to Ratchet Ramblings, y'all. I'm Candace. That's Jeremy. Y'all know who we are. Um we don't have no other super messy uh news for the week uh because these shows was messy and, and we're gonna and we're gonna show enough get into them um so jeremy finally um got up to snuff on bridezilla's and let me tell you something let me tell you something <laughs> let me tell you one motherfucking thing this i i haven't told you this candle but i'm not i'm gonna keep it real this might, of all the shit that we covered, this might be my new favorite because these, let me tell you something, these women because are these, crazy. These bitches are so ridiculous that you like, are they serious? And also Lonnie Love's commentary is hilarious. I think Lonnie Love is the perfect host for Bridezilla's because yes. the women are so ridiculous. You yes. can't have serious commentary. Yes, I Like agree. you need some comedic relief in there. And so we she had- She does her job um, well. She does. So this is the 100K wedding episode. We got, um, so Stacy and Russell are back, and then we got Roxanne and Todd. Um, can I also say, friend, I know looks ain't everything. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. However, but have you noticed, on the same page. have you noticed that none of these bitches are attractive enough to carry on the way that they've been carrying on? No. None of the wigs the, the, and the, the wigs only and one wigs that ain't been good enough. Yeah, the only one that look and to me, the only one that is moderately attractive at best is um what's Russell's um girl name? Stacy. Stacy. Yes, that's the only one. And even her without makeup, she's she got a crimson chin. Yeah, she. Definitely, she got the uh, she got the Van Halen chin. Well, Roxanne and Todd are both corrections officers, and they mm. look a mess together. But they the police and it shows. That. It absolutely shows. Todd wants a prenup, and Roxanne is like, well, we need a prenup, and you ain't got shit. You want a prenup on your debt? If he got that much debt, baby, you should want the prenup. The, hello? You shooting, yourself, you shooting yourself in the purse? Um... Well, I mean, to be fair, you shooting yourself in the purse with all the shit you want for this win, but we'll get yeah. Um, We just going to cover, we're going to go on to get Roxanne and Todd out the way because their their story ends up being a continuation for next week. Um, First, bitch, I, I don't want to be rude because... But be rude. Traditions, some they have to start from somewhere, right? They have to start from somewhere. But this yes, tradition sir. of doing dance routines and shit at your reception. Three making days your, before the motherfucking before Making your bridesmaids learn new choreography and shit. Again, weddings like, we are supposed audition to be. a goddamn Sierra video. Weddings are supposed to be joyful. And if you spend all of your time in the planning process making everybody around you miserable, why are you doing it? Like this supposed to be a celebration. This ain't work. Um, but I like Jasmine. Cause Jasmine kept let me tell you something. Jasmine was like, I had to take a shot because I already knew that this bitch was gonna be a bitch before I got here. Let me tell you something. That's my time. Don't you invite me to shit. Talking about no liquor. That part. Well, talk about no liquor, bitch. I, bitch, I will drink everybody under this motherfucking table. Do you hear me? Let me tell you something. I would listen. I would drink because 
well, let me not say that because I sound like an alcoholic. But don't, don't invite matter. me to no function and I can't drink. The fuck do you mean? That's the don't purpose in, of a Don't function. invite me to nothing like a wedding or reception and tell me I can't motherfucking drink. Because, bitch, I got news all. for you. I won't be there. Second of damn all, don't. And, bitch, who is you to tell me I can't go to the bathroom? That, too, also in the well. And also, don't you invite me in to participate in no shit that I have to have a motherfucking code of conduct. Girl, you failing your own dance. You tried to get these girls to have a code of conduct so they can learn some choreography three days before the wedding, and you don't even... You violate your own goddamn code of conduct adding a goddamn ass. I know you fucking lying to me. And not only that, bitch, you are morally corrupt your goddamn self, if we used to be honest, because we damn Mm. sure finna slide you for how trifling you are. That's for sure. Imagine lying to your daddy but asking me to have a code of conduct. I know you fucking lying. No, you fucking lying. Okay. Um, you lying to the person that helped create and give you life. Being trifling the, to them. This is the thing. I definitely feel Roxanne's father is being extremely unreasonable about this last name shit. Okay. Okay, I, I, there's, okay we agree. Because <laughs> when they explained it, because when the producer asked him, I didn't like, understand. I still didn't give a fuck. Like, same. if anything, your daughter living and making it to, to be married and have her own life, her own husband, That's that should be all the reminder you need that she, that she saved your life. You he, there to witness the it. Exactly. Yeah. You alive to witness it. What the fuck is the last name? Right. So I think he's so, tripping, however. Um, if you don't watch the show, um, the young lady Roxanne, her father, he said that 20 some years ago, a man shot him 21 times and he was about to shoot the 22nd time um, and was going to shoot him in the head. And by some grace of God, it was Roxanne who stopped the man from shooting him in the head and killing Push him. Push friend. So when he told that story, so did, did you have the same reaction I did in life? Where, the, where the fuck was, where the, listen, first listen. of all, where the fuck was everybody at for the t- first 21 shots? <laughs> that too, and when he said that, Candace, I promise you, I, I blurted out, is this bitch John Wick? Yeah, like, how did she stop it? What did she do? Like, is, Did she is stab she... him with a pencil? Right. Or a butter knife. Which <laughs> we're getting they don't they didn't they didn't really get into details, <laughs> but for that reason alone, he doesn't want his daughter to get rid of her maiden name. And here's the thing it's not your decision. It's yeah. just not. And she's still your daughter, she still saved your fucking life, no matter what last name she is carrying. I was However, about to say, like, does her changing the name like make her not your daughter? <laughs> Does it make the situation not have happened? Like, will you drop dead from a 20-second shot if she changed her last name? Right. Like, I was confused. However, I was very confused said, about that. However, Roxanne, you are a trash-ass bitch. Because let me tell you something. Even if I disagree with my daddy, I'm not finna lie to him. In order to get her father to purchase her $7,500 wedding dress, which was worth every dime, it is beautiful. It is very Cinderella-ish. It is very royal and regal. She lied lied and told her father that if he purchased the wedding dress, she would not change her last name. Although earlier that day, she went down to the courthouse and filed the paperwork to change her last name to her new married last name. 
Um, and had her sister not held her accountable, she was going to continue to lie to her father about the situation. Let me tell you something. If something like that is being held over your head by your father, why would you want anything from him? Hello. That is a hell of a price to pay going into a new marriage, still trying to please your father. I, because I'm sorry, you marrying what's her man's name? Uh, Todd. You marrying Todd, not your daddy. That's your new daddy. And he need to get over it. And like you said. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> that's daddy now. Um <laughs> Call him daddy when we get this nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But your father is being really unreasonable. And after she told her dad, he stormed out of the bridal shop. Um, And he was pissed and rightfully so, because don't play on my emotions in my in my wallet like that. That's some fucked up shit to do. And you did it with malicious intent. It's not like you hadn't changed your name and then eventually later on down the line, you say, okay, I need to change my name. You did it, knew you did it, lied about doing it to get what you wanted from your father. And that was very ugly. That's fucked up. Because you honestly could have told your father, you being very unreasonable about this as a grown woman entering into a new phase of my life, getting married and starting my own family, I have a right to carry my husband's last name. Yeah, and that's what your sister said. Like your sister, when grown- she said, "Put on your big girl panties," and you exactly, exactly, you need to put on some big girl panties, and you need to put on a grown up wig, because <laughs> I don't know who fucking Barbie hair you had sitting on top of your head, but that was not it. <laughs> that wasn't it. That was Barbie hair, and I stand mm. by that. Back to Stacy Russell. Okay. Um, friend, are you really confused by somebody wanting sensual praise dancers? Yes, I am very confused. I did not understand that. Like, I pray sensual praise dancers. At, was it for the wedding or the reception itself? For the wedding. For the for wedding. The we- to walk down the praise aisle. Dancers for a wedding. Now, I am not well versed in weddings. I haven't been 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 to one yet uh however what i do know about weddings is sensual and praise dancers don't go together Mm-mm. and and combine wedding like sensual praise dancers do not equal wedding i did not understand that like if like if you want somebody to do some sensual dancing girl that's what the goddamn bachelor bachelorette um party for, for. Yeah, that hello. That's what the strip club for. You ain't getting married at the strip club. You getting married at somebody's church. I do want to say that. Um, I don't feel sorry for Russell because if you don't know the backstory on Stacy and Russell, he proposed to her after two months of dating, and they met on a dating website. Mm. And I'm not saying it can't be love at first sight. It can't be fireworks at first sight it can't be sparks and you know all this beautiful stuff but what i'm saying is after two months you still know very very little about a person and it shows and it he definitely I, seems like excuse me i mean because y'all friend it seems like 
because he does all this complaining about Stacy and how she is, which I agree with most of what he says, but it's like, well, that's what happens when you propose after only two months and don't really know somebody like that. Because had you waited and felt her out a bit, you will see that how she gets down and how you get down do not jail. Because y'all argue more than y'all agree. And yeah. that is not a good recipe going into a marriage. Nope. So I agree with my friend. I really don't feel bad for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't That's feel what so happens when you rush to try to get married to some goddamn body. Correct. Correct. Um, because it takes time. Let me tell you something. I don't listen. Cause I um, like I made a joke because um, the timeline was talking. I want to say it was last night. Like the timeline was joking about how like people like fall in love within like three weeks or a day or two two hours or whatever talking. Like those are just jokes. Like nobody that is serious about that shit is actually being serious about that shit because it takes time to like know somebody and like know how you gonna deal with them and i'm not being on no steve harvey shit like wait 90 days or whatever like fuck that shit no it's it's like you can you can fall for somebody it could be love at first sight but anybody with a logically thinking and working brain knows that you still need to invest some time to see if it's a love that can be sustained there you go thank you for cleaning that up friend. yeah yeah i got you friend i'm here for you when you need me um, but Stacy's such a bitch that her wedding day went to hell. First of all, let me ask you a question. You had all them goddamn bridesmaids. Did you not properly allot for time for everybody to get their hair and makeup done and no, include yourself? Because it absolutely showed that y- y'all got kicked out the goddamn bridal suite and you had to go to your auntie house and get ready. <laughs> I know her auntie was like, girl, I know you fucking lying. Also, it's pretty weird because wherever they venue was at, most times they do have a, a location for the bride to get ready there. Yeah. Like, as much as I was laughing, I also looking at the venue funny, like, y'all don't sound like y'all got y'all shit together, your, your damn self, while you trying to be sassy as fuck on this phone in front of these cameras. Um, Her wedding planner was a little shaky for me at first, but he pulled everything together. The praise dancers, the painters, the food look good, the decoration yeah. look it I will say it looked like a six figure wedding from um the the venue, the reception area, the flowers, even her dress was really gorgeous that she could barely get her big ass into um <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to laugh, but ever, <laughs> Everything, everything looked very luxe and expensive, and that's what she was going for. So she definitely got her money's worth. Um, she said she got her money's worth. She just made everybody twenty k. She made everybody miserable. Yeah. And I really hope this marriage lasts enough for them to pay this goddamn wedding off. Because whoo, let me tell you something. Because imagine tell you getting what divorced think. and y'all still paying for the wedding, D- right? Because you know what that, while it was gorgeous, you know what that, that wedding looked like to me, friend? Debt. Debt. And I will say, for Russell to be a detective, he kind of soft. Because he wasn't putting his foot kinda. down on nothing. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> you he was you be a mad, you be a mad kind. Friend. You be a mad kind. That motherfucker, excuse my language, that motherfucker was pussy. Yeah, he he was a bitch. 
All he did he was, was complain, but bitch. didn't take no action. What's our favorite word? Bitch. bitch. That's what he yeah. was mean. <laughs> Absolutely. Because not because like he all he had to say was like, "Look here, uh, I know what you want, but when I look at our our pockets, well, not our my pockets, um, and what you want versus what we can get, uh, it ain't looking good, girl. So I don't know what to tell you. Exactly." Now, if you want uh, more, then you know I ain't phone you. All I'm saying is you got to find another nigga. Or you got to do your. You got to hold your weight with this wedding cost. I'm not footing all of it by myself. Um, but that was it for Bridezillas, and um, next week they'll come back to Roxanne and Todd and the big blow up with her pops and another couple, and we'll go from there. Tamar, get your life. Let me um, say Hold on, real quick before you go. Let me say something. Tamar, get rid of this nigga. Well, I don't like him. He gone, honestly. Well, I mean, he is gone in real time. But um, we <laughs> we all caught up at this point. We watched uh, episodes three and four, and I don't have a ton of commentary, but what I do have is scathing. Um, David is very typical controlling african man and i did not realize he was nigerian i i didn't i thought he was jamaican or some type of caribbean but him being nigerian makes absolutely absolute sense and i feel a way about you trying to ruin the the dream work that tamar is doing with with goalie because it's just a classic sign of very controlling and abusive abusive men trying to isolate a woman from anything that could open her higher self. Like or open her eyes to the fact that he is a fuck nigga. Anything that they don't have a hand in men like that, um, they, they deem something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And considering anything, not Christianity related to voodoo or devil worship, it's just classic hypocritical Bible thumping bullshit. And one of my favorite things to say is that one of the uh, slavery itself wasn't the chain that white people put on uh, people. It was it was Christianity. Yeah, that is how white people have enslaved people for like black people, Africans, our ancestors. Even and then now have enslaved people for so long um, because they they use Christianity to make people believe it's the only way. It's the only spiritual enlightenment. And in that is so much bullshit that allows white people to get away with being as harmful as they have always been and will continue to be. Because they start talking that with the Bible preach forgiveness the Bible preach love your neighbors. Mm. The Looking Bible you, say. Abel. The Bible say. The Bible. The Bible. The Bible. Is, mm-mm, mm-mm. The Bible say a lot of shit that you motherfuckers don't practice and preach, so we can start and end there. Exactly. Um, some this friend. I don't know if this bothered you, but this really bothered me. Like it really settled in my stomach, and I was like. And I started calling David all type of vulgar expletives. Um, when he was talking about ruining Goalie's business and reputation by saying her work isn't godly, I, did you win? 
We agree. We are in agreement. Bitch, you ain't friend. nobody. Who the fuck is you? Let me, first of all, like we said last week, or we probably said it. I don't remember because you know my mind bad. However, like we said last week, I just find it funny how this nigga is all God this, God that, God this, God that. And again, nigga, you are only following the parts of the Bible and Christianity and all this bullshit that you want for your that, own benefit. That benefits you, yeah. Benefits you because you're not a provider for Tamar. She's the breadwinner. You're yeah. not the head of the household. Tamar is because that's her goddamn house. You ain't got a goddamn pot to piss in and a window to throw out out of, but yeah, you, you want land to up and you land up playing up. That woman ain't your wife or nothing of the sort. This is your girlfriend. I just felt like it was a lot. You had a lot of nerve to feel like your words held enough weight to be able to ruin that woman's business and her reputation. You are fucking nobody, but Tamar's lapdog. Who has best. temper? Who has temper? Fucking tantrums every time he can't get his way. Anytime you can't ruin that woman. She is. solidified. She came highly recommended to fucking Tamar. Right. And Tamar been having fucking breakthroughs since she been working with her. Exactly. You, David. David, I want you to know you are a fucking nobody. You a bitch ass nigga. That's what you are, David. Fucking nobody. And then and, all this. And I'm. And I know, I know, Candace, I know you said it last week, but I'm going to say it again because it bears repeated. When that news broke initially of tape, you and that domestic violence situation with Tamar, we initially said fuck Tamar. And while we do not fuck with domestic violence still, what we will say is the signs that you are showing as of right now, we may or may not understand why Tamar may or may not have put hands on you. That's all I'm saying. I understand it. Well, I understand it based on because your actions you was a bitch ass behave. nigga, David. Um, and and then we got Goalie, who's just one of them fucking creative, intuitive ass people, and you know all they do is fucking cry. I say, oh Lord Jesus, all this crying is so fucking dramatic. And I, my <laughs> question, my question here. <laughs> And this is what started to piss me off with Tamar. Goalie is here to help you. You hire Goalie to help you because you have been having dreams so vivid, so so real that you really needed to sort it out. Why why is Goalie up for David and his family's consumption? Right. The work that you and Goli are doing is one-on-one. It's basically like working with a therapist. Yeah. Why and would David you open her no up to... Yeah, why did you open her up to David's form of bullshit? I had a problem with you with that, Tamar, because you specifically put her in a line of danger. Yep. Because you know what type of sensitive intuitive this woman is. People who are really good at interpreting dreams, people who are good at you know, who, you know, other types of spirituality and healing and therapy, they are typically very sensitive souls. They can read energy well. She felt everything. And she felt all of David's bullshit. And you opened that door, Tamar. Um, 
I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't give a fuck about David's family. Me either. They ain't never even threw the little bitch a birthday party. In How you 50? 50 goddamn years old and you ain't never had a fucking birthday party? This nigga is 50. Candace, when I tell you, they, them, he was like, this is my first. They was like, this is David's first birthday party. I'm like, okay, that's odd. Because I didn't know how old he was until they said this. And they were like 50. Bitch, how you go half a century and not have one motherfucking birthday party? You have a birthday party for the first time when you got a rich-ass girlfriend. See, this nigga is a scammer. This, this, you know what he is? He's a gold digger. That's what he is. Yep. He is a controlling ass, manipulative ass, fuck nigga ass gold digger. That's what the fuck he is. Yeah. And just controlling. Mm-hmm. He just controlling as fuck. He a controlling fuck nigga. So it was just kind of like, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't give a fuck about his family. I don't yeah, give a fuck about what he that. think. Because if he was if he was so impactful and powerful to your life, Tamar, you wouldn't have never needed a goalie. He could have helped you unlock your higher self. Y'all could have just went to church and got it done. Am I right? Yeah, since he's so godly and in tune with Christianity and all that shit. So I why just, it ain't work was... so far? Why y'all need a goalie? Exactly. And so, um, then hold on, then because I just I don't, I'm not here for Bible thumpers, I don't knock nobody's uh spirituality, I don't knock anybody's religion as long as it's not bringing harm to others um which a lot of times christianity does because it allows people to interpret the religion and the word and the text how they see fit and use it to oppress other people um but there there's good and bad in all religions and all spirituality it it just is but i can't stand the fucking bible thumper because they usually are always contradictory as fuck yeah that's why I like when Goldie brought up like, and she brought it up not in a way to like shame Tamar. She yeah. was uh, saying like to David, like, okay, so you got a problem with what I'm doing, but when Tamar's on stage and she twerking and doing her thing, I ain't seen that scripture not, in the Bible that that. And I wish, like, yeah, friend, you're right. And I wish she would have took it one step further, but she don't. She's not. She's she's not well versed on Christianity, but. A lot of what Tamar does is of the world. Yeah. It's secular. Yeah. It's of the world. It's talking about sex. It's talking about, you know, hating people, loving people. It she's twerking. She, you know, a lot of the a lot of her career, a lot of her music, a lot of her content is very much so of the world. Yeah. She's not a gospel singer. She's not a gospel artist. She is an R and B artist. He ain't I got believe, no problem with that because she getting that money. And not only that, I believe when Goli said that he is afraid of me finding out his truth. Yep, and it shows because he a fuck nigga. 
And I also, let me tell you, friend, we we do, I do the podcasting. Mike does Manga X Manga. We we had, you know, not so newlyweds together, but um imagine me, Mike's everyday job, me trying to manage his everyday job too. There needs to be some separation there. She doesn't need another manager. She went through that in her marriage with Vince. Tamar needs time to learn to manage her own career so that she can decide what she wants and needs and what her what her path forward will be for her own career. She does not need another man trying to dictate her career and things related to it. And that's my issue. Like, if you're going to be her boyfriend, be her boyfriend. Play that role. Be supportive. But we have yet, for as much as you have to say about Goalie, Goalie has been around far more than you when she's been having these meltdowns and she's been having these breakdowns and these emotional issues. You've not been anywhere to be found. Because he can't be found because he don't have a supportive bone in his body. But you know what he do has? Selfishness. Control issues dictativeness vindictiveness maliciousness that's what he does have yeah um one thing that um tamar sounded really good at her performances um yes. so i'm glad she was feeling better because she came through with the vocals um them braxton girls know they can fucking sing if they can't do nothing else if, if it listen, if if a Braxton ain't gonna do nothing else, it's gonna see you under, above, and beyond the table. Exactly. Um, but Tamar is rude as fuck for showing up to that meeting with Goldie late as fuck and being on the phone as if her time was not valuable. I agree. And one of the things that I noticed about Tamar, and I think this may be one of the things that um while we give Mona Scott a big fuck you for the love and hip hop franchise, I do believe she's trying to do something different here with Tamar and she holds Tamar accountable for her shit and the shit she allows to happen. Because every time we've seen Mona and Tamar have a conversation, Mona is like, why are you still allowing people to control you? Why are you still allowing people to run aspects of your life that you should be taking over at this point? Why aren't you doing this for yourself? Why are you shutting down? Either you in or you out. We're not about to play this game with you. Mona is holding Tamar accountable. And I think with Tamar being one of the younger siblings, she's never had that before. They've always catered to Tamar. Which, yeah, which typically happens with younger siblings and stuff. Especially I mean, Tamar, Tamar is a lot. She is definitely a lot. Especially because, friend, I believe it was like one of the, the first episode where Tamar said that um, everybody else was grown and gone. And then her parents decided to divorce. And it was her that was there that had to bear the brunt of the divorce. Yeah, I believe she said that on, on some show. I can't remember what it was. But yes, I do remember her saying that. And so she probably has gotten away with a lot because... People have, they have felt sorry that she had to be the one there to shoulder all of that. But this time, Tamar is in her 40s. It's time for Tamar to be held accountable for her actions and her behaviors and, you know, made to 
get her mental health in order and stop putting it off on everybody else. Um, and Mona Scott don't seem to be playing with Tamar ass. So I mean, that's how you have to be with her. Like you can't allow her to essentially bully you into not holding her accountable being like, sis, this ain't it. Yeah. Like I'm not saying you ain't got some forces against you looking at you, David. I'm not saying that, but what I also am saying is you can't carry on like this at the same time. Like it it definitely two two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. And I'm um I'm really glad that when they finally did meet that Tamar apologized to Goalie for allowing David to judge and discredit her work. Yes. Because she opened that door because Tamar should have told David, my work with Goalie is not up for discussion. It has nothing to do with you. This is particularly about me finding my higher self of my career and coming to terms with some things. You don't have to like it, but it's not your business. And I'm not going to discuss it with you. Pretty damn much. And that should have been the end of the conversation. But when we start to do things outside of our norm, because Tamar and the Braxtons was raised in the church. Yeah. Um, and so there's that guilt factor that people who have been raised in the church feel when they start to do something that excludes the church. Yeah. And you it's feel like you got to up God. Yeah. You gotta you feel like you gotta explain it and make it presentable. And, and you ain't gotta and, explain and a motherfucking thing. You don't owe nobody shit. Only person you owe something to is that little boy Logan with his little cute chubby cheek self. He is so adorable. That's all you owe something to. You don't owe nobody else shit, Tamar. You grown, everybody else grown. No, you owe two people, Logan and herself. Yeah, that's it. The dynamic she owes duo. it to herself for better. Yep, for she better. owes it to the herself dynamic, for better. Yeah, the dynamic duo. But anybody outside of you and Logan, you don't owe nobody shit, sweetheart. Not a goddamn thing. And I, and I think if you really start to believe that and move with that in mind, you will have more peace because you do. You are chaotic because you are constantly trying to please everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you have such a chaotic life because you're always trying to make everybody happy with Tamar. But the thing is, motherfuckers could get on this. Sh- they can get on this good foot or they can get the fuck on. That's really the gist of it. Yeah. Cause let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what will happen trying to please everybody and 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 be cool with everybody. Mo- <laughs> this might be a little messy, but uh, I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, trying to be cool with motherfuckers who secretly don't wish you no well will end up on the motherfuckers turning on you and making you the bad guy when they on some bullshit. Absolutely. So. Listen, Tamar, you are you are a lot. Um, you have always been a lot. Um, and I have not always been fond of the carrying on that you do. But what I will say is you deserve peace. If, if for nobody else other than you and like Candace said, that little adorable ass boy Logan, y'all deserve peace. Yeah. Um, speaking of peace. God damn, Candace, did you at least get a piece of the bitch? Did you pinch the bitch, bitch? <laughs> what, bitch? 
Did you get <laughs> something? Bitch, you got beat up. And you ain't even deserve to get beat up, but bitch, you got beat up. Okay, so I want to say this. Um, <laughs> one, I was not expecting that segue. Uh, for Did you at least peach uh, the bitch? God uh, damn. Two, I think that's the show title because she's sticking. Did you pitch uh, well, a little bit? Did you? She was too busy running her mouth. But uh, Andy, <laughs> let me tell you something. I'm gonna drag you in a bit uh, on a separate issue uh, that my friend probably gonna disagree with, but that's fine because we're adults. But you really hyped that goddamn fight up, and it wasn't even that, that wasn't a fight. It wasn't. A, it was a, a first. So first of all, it was a physical altercation. Um, but it was some hair pulling. But let me say this. Candace, bitch, what kind of wig glue was that? Whoever make that wig glue that you used on your motherfucking head that day, y'all need an endorsement deal because, baby, you went down, but that wig came up still holding strong. What kind of glue that? Let me tell you something. That's the type of glue you need. You need faith like that goddamn glue. <laughs> The faith of a faith seed the, and faith the strength of Candace's wig glue. Wig glue. Um. So let me tell you, it's it's something I I want to cover. Um, and I want to get this out the way because it was an anti-black sentiment that came from several women. Um, Wendy, Candace, uh, Giselle and robin um the fact that what what transpired was hood rat or ghetto shit and this is why black women can't get ahead and this that and the third that is very very anti-black rhetoric that white people have instilled in y'all because this is a let me say this and we can take it beyond this show because a lot of y'all bitches have gotten loud and ignorant and ridiculous in heated situations. Candace, you one of them. Waving that fucking butter knife. Uh, robbing you another one. I ain't gonna forget that shit either. Even you got so ignorant at your own uh, goddamn open house for that house, that two-bedroom two condo you rehab, that even Giselle was embarrassed. Okay. So now I want to remind y'all about that. But the thing is, this country, the United States of America, built on fucking violence. Built on violence. White people are some of the most violent motherfuckers in the world. We just heard the fucking nasty ass Corona cough having president telling the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Violent. Yes. Indigenous oh. people nearly wiped off due to white violence. Black people, African people, Caribbean people, Afro-Caribbean people, Afro-Hispanic, Afro-Latina people enslaved due to what white violence yeah. violence is not in is not an inherently ghetto or black or hood rat trait because if it was 
you know, my friend took it to a worldly context. I'm going to take it to a, just a context within the within the network itself. If that's so trash, then them goddamn the white uh, housewife show should have been canceled a long time ago because I don't watch them, but I have seen clips and I've seen, you know, her people that I trust that do watch them. You know, our, our good sis Brooke being one of them. Um, them bitches literally physically fight way more than the black ones do. So we doing this whole that's what's wrong with black women trope. Explain the rest of the damn housewife shows. Exactly. Um, I wanted to get that off my chest because I feel like y'all, Wendy, especially you, as much as you flaunt and tout those degrees, um, you should absolutely know better. You had to go get four or five degrees to still to be stupid get, to get even a semblance of the respect that your white counterparts probably get. You have had to take on so many jobs and multiple streams of income to probably equal up to what some of your white counterparts make doing half as half as much. Also, speaking of um, when the sister girl, honey, um, if you really that girl, why they ain't called you up for your CNN political commentary on what's going on right now, beloved? Because I ain't seen you. <laughs> and I'll be damned if you know if you if you that girl like you say you are, I'll be damned that this ain't a prime opportunity for some some piping hot windy commentary with what's going on in the world now. But that's neither here nor there. I just wanted to be petty and shady because I do not like Wendy. She has no place on this fucking show. Yeah. Um, so to the to the after the actual fight, and Candace was in the car and she talking about she'll talk shit all day but won't fight. Well, you should shut the fuck up. Let me say something that I said on Twitter when I watched it. Because I didn't watch this episode the night it aired. I waited like the next day uh, when I was at work to watch it. Don't nobody, don't nobody love saying that they'll talk shit but won't fight than somebody that ain't got no hands and will not fight. Don't nobody love saying that violence ain't the answer and they above fighting and all this, that, and the third. Don't nobody say that shit more than a motherfucker that talk all the goddamn shit and then get surprised when somebody want to punch them in the goddamn face. Yeah, and this, in reality, this goes for all of the girls on the show minus Monique because that's all of y'all. Yeah. That's all of y'all. Y'all that's talk, 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 that's talk, talk. Yeah, talk and keep talking and then when somebody buck up and ready to whoop your ass you get scared and violence like, oh is not God, the answer we're so above this like this is not us what what are you doing well why are you talking shit because you are and, talking shit and saying shit that honestly i mean listen Am I saying that fighting is always the answer? No, I've been in I've been in plenty of situations where I have fought, I beat ass, and I've got my ass beat. Some, you know, and it wasn't the best course of action in the long run. However, in the heat of the moment, when somebody is talking cash shit in your face and and enticing you like Candace does, which all of the girls have acknowledged, all of the girls. Have acknowledge that Candace says shit on purpose to make somebody want to punch them in the face and while I wish Monique didn't I cannot blame her in full faith for wanting to punch Candace in the goddamn face 
Now, granted, well, she saying some other stuff, which we finna get into. However, so here's the thing. When I cannot I, blame her personally. When when the details started leaking about the fight before the season was even being promoted, um, Monique was saying that she fought in self-defense. Um, which, which is a lie. Yeah, she fought in self-defense that Candace hit her with the glass first and threw wine in her face. And this is the issue that I have with Monique because if you going to do it, stand up in it. Yeah, I, that, and, I do and, follow her for that. And you did not stand up in it because Candace absolutely did not throw a drink on you first. Candace no. did not push you. No. Candace did not initiate contact. She was talking. You got shit. in. You. She was talking shit. You got in Candace's face. You started pointing fingers. Then you start doing that weird shit to her hair, to which she should have clocked the shit out of you. She should have, but we know she. If she, she could fight, fight, but she a right. weak bitch. <laughs> and she can't fight. And she, <laughs> she just got fight. a lot of mouth. But because I, I showed Mike any real the fight. Would have beat the shit out of Monique. Because <laughs> I showed Mike the fight, and I was like, okay, I was like, because when he came in, they was past the fight scene. And so I, after I watched the episode, I ran it back and he said, oh, man, Monique started that she, like she initiated physical contact. Yeah, it, was, initiated it was it was not Candace. She yes, initiated she the physicality of it. And you have been lying about it for the longest. And yeah. now now for that, you get a fuck you for me. For, Monique, you, for you lose a lot of my respect because. This is where I really have my biggest issue with you. I don't have no problem if you wanted to jump on Candace. I have a problem that you didn't actually jump on the bitches who were doing a lot of the negative shit to you. You didn't get in Giselle face. You didn't get in Robin face. When Cherie showed up to the sip and see at Ashley's uh and in Michael's apartment, what's the nick? What's what's her husband? Is it Michael? Chris. What's Ashley's hus- husband name? Oh, Michael. Michael. That's okay. I thought you were when you about showed up Cherie. to Ashley and Michael's apartment when Cherie showed up, you ran out. You didn't confront Cherise. You didn't tell her why you had a problem with her. You didn't bring up the GG shit to to um Candace in front of the girls so that they could all be judged during executioner on it. You tried to be so unbothered that it ended up biting you in the ass because I absolutely would have some words for Candace. I still think you had a reason to have a little smoke on your chest for Candace because she was sneaky and snaky for not telling you that Gigi was reaching out to her and that she gave Gigi Sharice number. That is still very sneaky to me. And that's not something a true friend would do. Absolutely. However, however, I do believe you Candace was the easy target because I think you knew just like we all know Candace is all bark and no bite. And she was the easy target. And I do believe that because the girls in general over the seasons have ridiculed Candace so much, she felt like they may have taken her side in all of this because Candace Candace is the laughing stock amongst the older uh, amongst the girls they talk about her money issues they talk about her mama issues 
you know, they they pick at her a lot because she is the baby of the show. Yeah. I feel like that and maybe this is me giving Monique more credit, but just putting herself in my shoes. I mean, putting myself in her shoes. I feel like it legitimately did like hit different and hurt her feelings that Candace was, didn't even be like, hey, girl, look. Uh, these bitches over here got plotting against you. They reached out to me trying to get me into some shit. I ain't want no parts of it. I'm just giving you a heads up um, and letting the chips fall where they may. Like she, yeah, can, Candace could have and should have done that. And oh, I yeah, absolutely, absolutely believe, believe that, it, that Monique's feelings were hurt. But I yeah. also believe that every time she had an opportunity to call Candace out, she cowered away because she would have had to hold Giselle and Sharice and Robin accountable. And for whatever reason, it would it, it's easier to go at Candace than to go against those three together. I, I, I absolutely believe that. Unless, you know, if if you are newer to the show, um, let me remind you what caused the true rift between Giselle and Monique um, when Giselle was dating Ruben Monique brought up to the girls that Ruben had been arrested for soliciting prostitutes and then on top of that um, Monique started inviting Ruben's ex-wife amongst the girls whenever Giselle wasn't around and then it came out via that that uh, Giselle started fucking Ruben even though she was friends with his ex-wife at some point and they used to hang out together and that's when at the time all the pictures of them from back in the day showed up on the blogs and stuff so my biggest issue with Monique is that she allowed Giselle to play her like a fiddle Yeah, which you can honestly say for most if not all of the girls on the show because that's all Giselle do she 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 allowed she used Candace as a pawn and and Monique kind of fell right into it. Yeah, um, they both did. I, I honestly wish Monique had been up front with Candace and not played the mm, it's nothing. Mm, don't worry about it. Mm, nah, mm, I'm not gonna talk about it. Mm, yeah. I'm not gonna bring it up because be big titty woman enough to stand up and why you got an issue with her. Yeah, because it, it was way bigger than Sharice coming to the, her and Chris's anniversary party. Like, that was just a part of it. Meanwhile, you've been sitting on all this information about her speaking to Gigi, her giving Sharice, giving Gigi Sharice's number and all of that, and not saying anything, and it bit you in the ass. Um, and she should, like I said, if you was going to jump on Candace, cool. You should have beat Giselle ass too. You should have smacked Sharice. You should have you should have kicked Juan. You should have kicked Robin and in her in her back. You know what I'm saying? Like if you was gonna go there with Candace, you should have had something far worse for them other girls because they were the ones actually spreading and keeping that rumor going while smiling in your face. Um, it's it's come out that Candace was not spreading the rumor, didn't want to have anything to do with it. 
but I still understand what Jeremy said. Like I, she probably was extra. She should have done enough. She did. She should have done more to cover her ass. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I'm not, not gonna lie. Like, yeah, okay, cool. It came out that you weren't spreading the rumor. Okay, that's good. As my friend, but, but you also, aided in you aided in it being spread in a way by giving that woman Sharice number and not telling me. Because I can forgive you. Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, again, I I wouldn't be her friend either. I'm going to be honest. I wouldn't have nothing for Candace either. But Candace would know why I don't have shit for her. She wouldn't that have part. to guess. That's one thing I say about people. Because people play that, oh, sometimes it's just the best to walk away and not say nothing and not blah, blah, blah. I don't like to leave people guessing on where we stand. This why I don't fuck with you. And now you're not confused about it. You did this. I didn't like it. And I'm cool on you. Yeah. In the conversation. You, you doing this had consequences, and the consequences is this is why we're here now. Absolutely. Um Chris is pretty pissed off with Monique. And this is the like we could just get into this part now because Next week or tonight, should I say, the preview show at all the girls meeting at Karen's house. There's security there. Uh, Giselle being dramatic about not ever wanting to be around Monique again. Which is that ain't the pot calling to kill the goddamn black. Yeah, absolutely. Um, however, the I I I see it two ways. I know the way that my friend sees it. Um because we still got this lingering issue of Candace and wave, waving and flailing that butter knife around when she put Ashley out of her house and Ashley came back in during right, the Let whole... me say this, because I thought about it, because we, we were texting pre-show, as we often do, and I was of the opinion that I feel like Bravo and Andy are full of shit for upping the security at Karen's house, um, because my train of thought was um as um candace though it was a butter knife um candace whole ass waved that knife in ashley's face while she did not threaten to kill her um she absolutely was um um, loud belligerent telling her to get out of house she was definitely in a do i think she would have done anything no but she definitely was in a in a in a malicious state. And I that was evident on her fucking face, and we all saw it. And the very next episode, they went on as business as usual. Wasn't no extra security in none of the gatherings. They didn't have no intervention. They didn't have nothing. It was just Giselle and Robin doing their typical throwing shade in their confessionals and not saying shit in nobody's face. And they went on as business as usual. Um, and my friend um said um that it's not comparable to what Monique did because Monique actually did threaten to kill and there was an altercation. And I respect that. And I, I, I see that. I do. Um, my thing is, and <laughs> granted, I am the last nigga to say this uh, given my current situation, but <clears throat> if I'm at a job and I'm into one of my coworkers and I wave a butter knife in their face, and my job decides to take dis- disciplinary action against me. I can't say it's not that big a deal because it was just a verbal, you know, altercation and well, 
you know, it was a butter knife that I threw. I can't tell them, like, you can't punish me for that. We can't compare our jobs to this job because this job is based. I was getting to that. It was more than that. I was getting to that. Oh, okay. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) Now, like my friend said, um, now our jobs ain't necessarily comparable to this. Um, But with that said, this whole show, like most shows, is predicated on mess, bullshit, fights. And not even just limited it to this show. I have, like I say, I've seen clips. I've seen a few episodes of the other shows with, you know, the white women and stuff and them physically getting into altercations and this, that, and third. And wasn't no damn security. Wasn't no damn interventions. They just went on as business as usual. Now, I'm not saying Monique is, is not what I fault. Don't get me wrong. What I am saying is it definitely seems performative compared to some of the other stuff that Andy and Bravo not only have allowed in the past and also continue to allow and run it as business as usual with no extra preventative measures for this situation. But other shit is just business as usual. It just seems performative to me. That's all. So I, I I can't speak to the other franchises, the white ones. Um, I could speak to Atlanta and when there have been physical uh, altercations or there have been fights. Um, so first things first, usually like. One thing the bitches do, they fight and they just fight. And and that's the the end of it. You know, it's some hair pulling, it's some pushing, shit like that. Similar to this situation. Similar to this situation. Um, this was not a real fight. It really would. It was some hair pulling, uh, some wine got thrown, glass got broke. But this wasn't a full out punches being thrown, weapons being brandished type of situation. This was a malice at the palace. Um, but I do think the 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 game changer in this was Monique saying multiple times on and off camera. I will kill that bitch. When I see that bitch, I will I'm I will kill her. Um I don't I think for the sake of protecting themselves legally, Bravo and Andy have to do something. Um I don't think Monique would kill anybody. But that's why even if with like what Chris was saying there are consequences for those actions, which is why you really don't want it to ever get that far. Because once it gets that far, you allow the ball to be in somebody else's court and you allow them to paint you in a certain light that may absolutely be the exact opposite of who you are. I don't think Candace is no killer. I think she said the shit in the heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah, Monique. I think Monique said this shit in the heat of the moment. I think um, it had had been... She acted like somebody that was mad and was into a fight. Everything had boiled over for her. All of the frustration and the anger from from the whole trainer situation, period. And that's what resulted. But 
now you have given Bravo and the and the rest of the girls an opportunity to paint you like some crazed fucking lunatic. And that's kind of my issue with Monique. Um, and even when she's explaining it to Chris, well, if somebody threatened me, if somebody, my mama always said, don't start no fights, but if somebody, but you started the fight. Yeah, <laughs> she did. You started the fight and you can tell in Chris's reaction that he's even calling bullshit on Monique. Um, because it was avoidable and she could have left. Like if it got to the point where Candace was really egging her on, like she was trying to do with that weird ass toast. I would have just said, you know, Giselle, I'm really proud of you. Congratulations. But I'm not going to stay here and allow this girl to keep nitpicking at me. We obviously have some bigger issues and they're not going to be solved here. Like it sucks. Cause when motherfuckers act the way Candace act, you want to punch them in their fucking face. Yeah. And I, I was talking about this on uh, Twitter, um, like when the episode aired, and I, one of my followers, don't blame, blame it on my head, not my heart, because that was like almost a whole week ago. But one of them who I think is like in legalities and stuff like that, and like in lawyer Twitter was like, there are like attorneys and um, like prosecutors that are looking into seeing if like verbal antagonizing can be upped in in like severity because like you said that it, that does suck where some motherfucker like purposely antagonizing you and like if you react you the bad guy yeah uh, and that sucks uh but it just it sucks that monique did allow that to go that far and now she's being painted as like the yeah. ghetto you know, violent, violent person. Meanwhile, Candace is right the fuck over there (laughs) and has been acting quote unquote ghetto as fuck for 84 years now. Robin is right there. Uh, Robin. Wendy is right there. there. When like, you know, that's, that's the thing. But that's why I said, like, I do hold Monique a lot more accountable for this situation because in the end, it gave them the power to act as if she's some wild animal who can't control herself. Um, meanwhile, Giselle played a very big role in how all of this transpired, as did Sharice. And now they will never have to own it because now they can say, well, we fear for our safety, so we're not going to shoot with her. It gives did them you the absolute... You know, you know what they can do? You know what they can do? They can go full white woman. Yeah, it it gave it gives them the opportunity to say, "Oh no, no, I'm too scared. I just, we can never film with her again." Um, I, I, no, I we just can't. And guess what happens when they can't film? She can never fully bring the shit up. Now, it had to come out on social media after the season was taped. So that that's what I meant. I absolutely do feel for Monique because the way Candace had can antagonized her out the blue with that toast and shit like that, it was petty. And it, and that was the, that was the reaction she was looking for and she got it. And then she got, um, she got yoked up. Speaking of, um, dear God, 
Giselle was so proud to tell her daddy Jamal about those girls, that flop-ass restaurant that is no longer open. Let me tell you something. Her daddy was the star of this episode because once them cameras went off. Also, they- and Giselle don't know how many kids Jamal got total. That, mm, 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 mm. Her daddy said she don't know how many ba- how many uh baby mamas this man no, got. Well, he said he got like six or seven baby mamas. Who knows? Who knows? This ain't smart. This is not a good look for her. Take these cameras off. I'm done. I'm I'm free. No, he said I'm free. That man, <laughs> that man is like, look, I I did what I had to do for these cameras. I wiped my hands clean. She could do whatever the hell she wants. Good the hell luck, everybody. That's what her daddy said. And I appreciate that energy because it because Giselle, you are the fuck stupid. First of all, don't buy me no motherfucking restaurant and then gonna treat me like the summer help. If it's mine, I'm not busting no motherfucking tables. I'm not washing no motherfucking dishes. Cut my motherfucking check. This is the value of hard work. Giselle, you can't teach them girls that without them having to work in a restaurant that they own. I'm confusion. Like suck my dick. From the back. Please. I ain't never had that ever happen to me. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Like what in the LL like what is the purpose of LLC? I also wanna say Giselle, you funky bitch, you must think we stupid that you didn't came in the motherfucking town and you got you and your kids got to stay in a motherfucking hotel. Baby, you is not with Jamal, and I stand on that because mm. none of the ways that y'all move says a couple getting back together, trying to piece their family back together. If shit is so bad that your kids don't want to stay at their father's house, mm. why are you with that man? Why are you trying to be with that man? Why are you trying to make us convince you with that man, bitch? And he don't have no food in his refrigerator. Bitch, don't Instacart deliver. <laughs> What's Insta wrong with you lying in our motherfucking face? Postmates, DoorDash. I'm just saying the possibilities are endless is what I'm saying. She's just faking it for the cameras and trying to fake it for the girls on cameras. And it's 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 just not realistic. I I Because I, you can play on our face, them girls can't. Uh-uh. Them girls don't give a fuck. They're gonna tell their truth. Um and neither can your dad. That's why he said I'm done. Good, good for good for Michael being open to a post nut. It's the least he could do. So good for you. I mean, but let me tell you who who really pissed me off on this episode. Um, right? Yeah. Shit, um, I was just guessing. <laughs> Go no, ahead. he he really did because. Having to the fact that Karen is having to do all of this to make him feel loved and wanted only because her own career is taking off now and he can't handle it. Pathetic. Just fucking pathetic. I and then to first things first, let me say this. I was not mad at Ray's truth when they sat down with the basically the therapist that Karen tricked him into going to. I was not mad at his truth because that's what therapy is for. It just 
my feelings was hurt for Karen to have to hear that he thinks he's still in love with her. But that is what happens when you start to do therapy and stuff like that. You hear a lot of shit that you sometimes don't want to hear, but you got to hear it to be able to figure out what's what and how to sort through it. So I, I don't, I do feel like he loves Karen, but I feel like he's having a midlife crisis because he is retired. They yeah, empty the nesters. Midlife, midlife crisis at 73. Yeah, I do feel like, because you got to realize he's probably, he spent his whole life working and supporting and uh, making sure Karen and the kids had the things that they needed. Now he's retired and she is the breadwinner. She's the breadwinner. I don't know who's buying LaDom, but somebody is. <laughs> That's true. Um, You know, I don't know how much money she's making on this show, but she's making some money. And I think anything she, I think she is the t- one, one of, if not the highest uh, earner on the show. Um, And, you know, even if um, in any subsequent, you know, endorsements and, and bookings and shit that she's getting through this, she has gone off and started a whole new career and Ray was probably thinking they was going to settle down once he retired and, and, and go be snowbirds and move to the South in the winter and come back up to uh Potomac in the summer. And she, she's got a schedule now she booked and busy and yeah. he, he don't know what to do with it. So, but that's not Karen's problem. That's something you need to figure out. That's why y'all because are there, but not. It take a hell of a woman to say instead of saying, eh, "I mean, you retired, we got some money, let's just the fuck with that." She like shit. I may be fifty plus or sixty or however old she is, but I think Karen is like fifty five. It's my time to get a bag now. Shit, you let me go on to get me a bag first. Let me add to what we already got. Let me do my thing, and I he doesn't know how to feel about it. But he need to figure that out because trying to run her through the mud and make her feel bad for fulfilling her dreams and having something to herself is bullshit. It's not cool, Ray. It's not cool. And you too old to be carrying on like that. Yeah, you too ugly to carry on like that. Take up (laughs) golf or something. You could still go outside during the pandemic. Take up golf or something. Because let me tell you what I would be doing. I would be chilling and relaxing and supporting my wife as financially and spending her money. Spiritually, at the, see, I didn't want to say it, but hello. <laughs> spending like her I don't money. spend, I don't spend all the money on you and the kids. Let me spend just a taint of your money, um, babe. Take these golf lessons. Yep, absolutely. So that was it for Potomac. If y'all yes. ain't noticed, we didn't do some dragon child. Some folks got what they can hand call for. Yeah, that'd be all right. That's what we do. Yeah. That'd be all right. And uh, we finna uh, get tonight, on tonight. We'll here. watch the um, I guess the the intervention with Monique and probably be annoyed as fuck. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Make sure to purchase some merch, especially these shirts that we got for Bree. Yeah. Um, um thank you all for leaving reviews tell a friend to tell a friend um uh that's all i got friend you got anything uh no uh-uh. just uh stop selling your soul for a blue check no 
don't go from don't go from uh cuz to coon don't go cuz to coon don't go from community to class find out what's going on in your community i said it before i said it again i will keep saying it find out what local organizations and activists are doing in your city because they could probably use the help a hell of a lot more than some of the people y'all be shilling for Um, yeah, with that said, we'll see y'all niggas back next week. Peace.